0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Strangers in Jerusalem YouTube channel and podcast where we explore the Jesus traditions and the Gospels within their Jewish context. In this video, we will continue the discussion of the major factors, the two major factors that influenced the gospel writers and how the gospels were constructed. In this particular video, we will look at different conflicts or the conflict within the Jesus Jewish movement. In previous videos, we looked at the broader context of conflict between different groups of Jews, also the conflict between Jews and Romans. But here in this video, we will look at specifically conflict that happened within the Jesus uh, Jewish movement. So follow me, let's go to Jerusalem. Okay, so the question that I have and that I ask my students is, what happened between Jesus's death and the destruction of the temple that turned Jewish Christians and the Pharisees against each other? And then which in turn shaped how the author of Matthew and the other gospels wrote their gospel? I have no idea. The reason why I ask this question is well, I haven't talked about the Pharisees yet. I will deal extensively with the Pharisees in later videos, but it's my general argument that I make in my book and elsewhere that the Jesus movement were Pharisaic-type Jews. They might not have been Pharisees specifically, but they worked within the umbrella of Pharisaic Judaism. And there's many arguments, many ways to to illustrate this, which I'll get into in later videos. But basically, the question I have is that if Jesus and his disciples were Jews, specifically synagogue, temple-attending Jews, and specifically Pharisaic-type or leaning towards a Pharisaic Type interpretation of Jewish law. If that's the case, then why the hostility towards other Jews, specifically towards Pharisees in the gospel? I want to know why. I want to know why. <laughs> why? Okay. Why? Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 And so we ask this question and then. The answer to this question will tell us how the Gospels were written, why certain stories are in the Gospels. The answer to this is the Jerusalem Council. This is the first Christian council. I ask many of my students, do you know about the first Christian council? And most of them have no idea. Basically, what the, the Jerusalem Council was is that leaders within the early Jesus movement, this is after Jesus' death, they get together and they debate about the 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 nature of being a Jewish follower of Jesus. Okay, so let me just give you a little bit of backstory. In the, the letters of Paul, like in Galatians and Romans, there's several letters, specifically in Galatians like chapter three and onward, we see a situation where Paul is, seems to be upset. He is constantly talking about people from Jerusalem who keep coming to believers in Jesus saying that they need to be circumcised and follow Jewish law. And Paul is telling people, Gentiles, you do not need to become Jews in order to follow Jesus. So we already see that Paul's annoyed by this. And if this comes to a head in Antioch, up in Syria, in Antioch, when Paul is there, and there's lots of different followers of Jesus, and Peter is also there, and Paul and Peter are ready to sit down at a meal with followers of Jesus, and they're Gentile followers of Jesus, and they're Jewish followers of Jesus. And Peter says, and Barnabas also, Peter says, You guys eat over there, you Gentile followers of Jesus, and we Jews who are following Jesus will sit over here. There's a separation of these groups. And it makes Paul really, really mad. And he even calls Peter like a a hypocrite. (laughs) Are you serious? Because of this incident... They then went to Jerusalem and had a council. And we read about this in Acts chapter 15. Okay, so when they come, the debate that they have in the Jerusalem council in Acts 15 is, what do we do as a Jewish group? What do we do with people coming into the, who want to be followers of Jesus, but who aren't Jewish? Different people are given the microphone, so to speak, at this debate. In fact, the word that is used in Acts 15 of, the I think the word is deliberation or they there was this deliberation or like a debate. That word actually mean in Greek, almost rebellion or revolt or a very intense discussion. It wasn't just kind of a, a minor debate. This was a very, very intense debate. Okay, so there's different parties or different people that stand up and give their argument. Paul is one of those. Paul stands up and argues that Gentile converts must only be required to immerse, to be baptized, like to be immersed into water. That's the only requirement, and that there should be no other distinction between Gentiles and Jewish followers of Jesus. So that's Paul's argument. And then James, the brother of Jesus, stands up. He's the, one of the leaders of the Jerusalem church, the Jerusalem G- Jesus movement. He stands up and he argues that Gentile converts do not need circumcision, but they must be immersed, and they must follow certain key injunctions of Jewish law. And these are, And then he lists them abstain from food that has been sacrificed to idols, abstain from eating blood, abstain from eating the meat of strangled animals, and abstain from fornication. So this is Acts 15, verse 20, 29, that we get uh, this. And, and actually, and James is referring back to Leviticus chapter 17 and 18, when he's pulling in the most, in his view, the most important aspects of Jewish law that even Gentiles need to follow. So you have Paul on one side of the spectrum, that say, He says, there's, they don't need to do anything. The only thing they need to do is to be immersed, and that's it. James comes in the middle, and he says, well, no, they don't need to be circumcised, but they have to be immersed, and they must follow very certain important key injunctions. Okay, then on the other opposite side of the spectrum, you get Pharisees. Now, this goes into my argument that Pharisees, many Pharisees wouldn't have had a problem with Jesus and vice versa. Again, I'll get into this argument in a later video, but here is one piece of evidence that Pharisees and the Jesus movement were in very close, very philosophically, they were very close and that they had a cordial relationship and even many Pharisees were followers of Jesus. Here is some of this evidence is that Pharisees are given the floor, given the microphone at the Jerusalem council, and they propose that Gentile converts must be circumcised, must be immersed. And must observe the entire law. this is in acts 155 also uh, check out Galatians chapter five verse three. So what we see here is a very a spectrum of Paul on the one side, Pharisees on the other, and then James tries to and probably Peter is in this as well in the middle trying to make this work. okay So what this tells us is that what was once a highly Pharisaic group and certainly an exclusively Jewish group, in the days of jesus was now becoming a strange conglomeration of jews who still follow jewish law and then also gentiles who don't follow jewish law and then the only common ground between these two groups is their loyalty to jesus their belief in jesus and their loyalty to jesus that's the only common ground so it creates a problem pharisees through the eyes of pharisees their very lifestyle based on their ancient legal tradition was being undercut by paul and others within the Gentile faction of the Jesus movement, right? So, I mean, what I'm showing is that there's a Gentile inclusive faction developing, and then a Jewish exclusive faction. Those who said, we want to include Gentiles within the Jesus movement, but there's others that said, no, Gentiles must come in and become Jews. We are a Jewish exclusive group. Gentiles that come in have to be converted to Jews. For Pharisees, circumcision was a sign of God's covenant with Israel. So in Genesis 17, here I'll show you, put this up on the board here. Genesis 17, in that chapter, God commands all of Israel to be circumcised, but he also commands that all male foreigners, so in this case Gentiles, who wish to enter into the covenant, they must be circumcised. Otherwise they, and then here's the terminology, it says, quote, they shall be cut off from his people. These non-Israelites who want to become enter into the covenant, if they're not circumcised, they'll should be cut off from the people. It's Genesis 17, 9 through 14. Also in the book of Exodus, it says any foreigner residing among covenant Israel who desires to participate in Passover and eat with Israelites must be circumcised. Rem- remember all those debates between Jesus and the Pharisees? At mealtime, when they say, why are you bringing in sinners and all these people who are outside the covenant house of Israel, and you're bringing them in and contaminating the, the, the setting, the atmosphere, that's because Jew the Pharisees are following Jewish law. People who come in and want to partake of these different rituals and experiences must be circumcised. So you can see from the Pharisaic perspective, when Paul says, no, they don't need to be circumcised. They can just come in and be immersed. This is very offensive to Pharisees who are trying to follow Jewish law. This wasn't a problem in the days of Jesus, because Jesus was a Jew. And Jesus never said in the Gospels that he's going to do away with the law. That's a common Christian misunderstanding. I will deal with that in a future episode. But if if you read carefully through the Gospels, Jesus never said, do away, don't follow the Mosaic law. In fact, even in Matthew 23, he's saying, follow the law, follow it, and even do it better than the Pharisees find those people who are doing it the best, i.e. Pharisees, and even do it better than them. So this wasn't this whole issue wasn't a problem in the days of Jesus, but Jesus died and then now this is a problem. After Jesus died 20 years later, many of many of his followers were opening the floodgates to Gentiles who in the eyes of Jews brought with them pagan impurities and a culture of idol worship. Yes, Jesus did charge his apostles to go into every nation and seek converts, like we get this in Matthew 28, the the famous charge to go to every nation and bring in converts, okay? And we also get this in in Acts 10 and 11, where Peter is given charge to now take this good news, this gospel, to Gentiles. So we see it in Matthew 28, Acts 10 and 11, um, Acts 9, Acts 22, Galatians chapter 1. So we see this all over the place. The problem was, is that it doesn't seem that Jesus was clear about the procedure. Yes, he said, go to Gentiles and and make, go, go to everybody and make converts, but he wasn't clear about whether these converts must become Jews. It's apparent that Jesus wasn't clear enough, or that at least the apostles didn't understand it, his disciples. So that's the problem. What we've got here is failure to communicate. So with all this, it leads us to the point where we get a Gentile-inclusive faction and a Jewish-exclusive faction of the Jesus movement, okay? So Paul is adamant in his letter, in in his letter to the Galatians, that he is not sent by humans, that his gospel is not of human origin, and that he did not go up to Jerusalem. This is Galatians 1, 1 through 17. So keep that in mind, and I'll, I'll bring all this together when I give these examples. He said in Galatians chapter two, the leaders of the church in Jerusalem contributed nothing to me, quote, contributed nothing to me, they gave me nothing. He said in Galatians one, that when he finally did go to Jerusalem after three years, he stayed for only 15 days and only visited a few apostles and, quote, did not see any other apostles. So the question that I have is why is Paul so adamant at telling his Gentile followers in Galatia that he didn't, he's not taking orders from the people the leaders in Jerusalem. In this case, Peter, James, and John, he's not taking orders from them. They contributed nothing to his ministry. He, and even when he went to Jerusalem, he only stayed for 15 days, only talked to a few apostles, and didn't see anybody else. Could it be that he wants his Gentile followers of Jesus? Not to be worried that he is mixing with that faction. Also in Galatians 2, Galatians chapter 2, Paul refers to some of the Jerusalem leaders as so-called leaders. And specifically he says, quote, those who were supposed to be acknowledged leaders. So he says, Yeah, these guys in Jerusalem, either the Pharisaic leaders of the Jesus movement or Peter, James, John, so-called leaders. He labeled them as people pleasers in Galatians 1:10. He and he hoped. He says, I hope that they would, that they in their zeal of circumcision, I hope they accidentally castrate themselves. Paul was so mad that he says, fine, if they want to keep telling people that they need to become Jews and therefore circumcise themselves, fine, I hope they slip with the knife and accidentally castrate themselves. That's how mad he is about this whole whole debate. Paul also calls some of his opponents dogs. He calls them evil workers who mutilate the flesh. Again, this is an obvious reference to circumcision. He said this is in Philippians 3.2. He is angered that that the people in Jerusalem have tried to, quote, hinder us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. This is uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.16. Also in 1 Corinthians 1, he says, quote, For it has been reported to me, that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul or I belong to Cephas, who was Peter. So even here, we recognize that there are two different factions, and, and a lot of the Christian church are trying, they side with somebody. They say, Oh, we, we follow Paul and we follow Peter, or we follow another apostle. This is actually going on, and there's this sort of rivalry subgroups within the Jesus movement. Also in the, in Galatians, Paul says, I have been entrusted, I have been entrusted with the gospel for the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel for the circumcised. So that again, that right there, it shows there's two different factions that have broken away and sort of developed. That's all for this video. Thanks for watching. For more in-depth detail and information on this topic and other related topics. Check out my recently published book, A Stranger in Jerusalem, Seeing Jesus as a Jew. You can find it on Amazon and many other places. Also, check out other videos within this YouTube channel and subscribe and share it so we can get more people, more, more eyeballs on, this, on these videos and to get the word out. That was awesome. <laughs>